சகனாவது சகனோபிணத்து சக வீரியம் கரவாவகை தேஜஸ்வினாவதிமாவித்வாவகை ஓம் சாந்தி 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 ஹரி ஓம் தாந்தி மந்திர பீஸ் சாண்ட் டேக்கன் ஃப்ரம் தி உபனிஷட்ஸ் அட் தி பிகினிங் ஆஃப் ஸ்டடி ஜெனரலி திஸ் அண்ட் எ ஃபியூ அதர் வர்சஸ் ஆர் சங் இட் மீன்ஸ் ஓம் சகனாவது லெட் the divine protect both of us students and teacher sahanau bhnatu let us be nourished by the divine sahaviryam karabavahai let us achieve tremendous strength and energy through this study and tejasvinau adhitamastu let us become enlightened by this study ma vidvishavahai let us not hate each other but only love each other om peace 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 with this shanti mantra we commence today the study of the entire bhagavad gita of 700 verses divided into 18 chapters before we study the gita we study what they call the gita dhyana shloka the meditation verses on the gita nine verses very fascinating and inspiring nobody knows who wrote these nine verses some scholars say it is by the great sridhar swami of the 16th or 17th century who wrote a commentary on the gita and a beautiful commentary on the shrimad bhagavatam so we study this gita dhyana shlokas it begins with addressing the gita as the mother amba amba is mother mahatma gandhi said once that i lost my mother when i was young but throughout my life i never felt the absence of a mother because i had the gita as my mother i refer to it every time so you can see in the shloka beginning itself om பார்த்தாய பிரதிபோதிதாம் பகவதாராயணேனஸ்வயம் வியாசேனிதாம் புராணமுனா மத்தியே மகாபாரதம் அத்வைதாமிரதவர்ஷினீம் பகவதீம் அஷ்டாதாத்தியாயினீம் அம்ப துவாம் அனுசந்ததாமி பகவத்கீதே பகவத்வேஷினீம் அம்ப ஓ மத பகவத்கீதே ஓ பகவத்கீதே பவத்வேஷினீம் விச் டிஸ்ட்ராய்ஸ் ரிலேட்டிவிட்டி பைனிட்யூட் அண்ட் அதர் வீக்னஸ் வித் இன் அஸ் அவர் கிரியேச்சர்லினஸ் இட் டிஸ்ட்ராய்ஸ் 
Tvam Anasanthatami, you I meditate upon continuously. That is the last line. And the rest are a description of the Gita. Parthaya Patibodhitam. It was to enlightened Partha Arjuna that this was taught by Bhagavata, by Bhagavan. Narayana Swayam. Sakshat Narayana, that infinite divine personality who came as Krishna as an incarnation. So Sakshat Narayana. Vyasena Gratitam, that was made into page 700 verses by Vyasa, the author of the Mahabharata and introduced into his mighty epic, that Mahabharata. Purana Munina. Vyasa is known as Purana Muni, not only ancient sage, but also the sage who composed many Puranas, many beautiful religious works. Madhye Mahabharatam, introduced in the mist of Mahabharata. Advaita Amritavarshanim, this mother, is what reigns Advaita Amrita, the nectar of Advaita, non-duality. We are all one. That great philosophy is what you get out of the Gita. So it's called Varshinim, a reigning of the Advaita inspiration. Bhagavatim, the blessed divine person. Ashtadashadhyayinim, having 18 verses. That mother, Amba, Anasandhatami, we meditate upon. That is the opening verse. Now comes Namostute Vyasa Vishara Buddhi. A tribute to Vyasa. You are Vishara Buddhi, extraordinary intellect. Namostute salutation to thee, O Vyasa. Pullara Bindayata Patra Netra. Your eyes are elongated like the petals of a lotus. Pullara Binda. That is how poets describe great person's eyes compared to the petals of a lotus slightly elongated. Yenatvaya Bharata Taila Purna Prajvaizo Jnanamaya Pradipaha by which you lit up a lamp of jnana, lamp of pure knowledge, spiritual knowledge. By how did you light it up? Through the oil of the Mahabharata. Bharata, Taila. In that oil of Mahabharata is this wonderful lamp, Jnana. Jnanatvaya Bharata Taila Purna Prajwalito. Jnanamaya Pradipaha. Pradipaha means the light. And Jnanamaya consisting of knowledge, full of knowledge, high knowledge. That is the service Vyasa has done to all humanity. Vyasa is highly praised in India is considered to be an extraordinary intellect. He divided the Vedas into four, editing it, then any number of Puranas, and then the Bhagavad Gita, along with the Mahabharata itself, the greatest epic, an epic which is nine times the two epics of Greece together. That is the nature of the Mahabharata epic. India has two great epics, Mahabharata, Ramayana. Next is 
ಅಟ್ರಿಬ್ಯೂಟ್ ಶ್ರೀಕೃಷ್ಣ ಪ್ರಪನ್ನ ಪಾರಿಜಾತಾಯ ಸ್ತೋತ್ರವೇತೈಕಪಾಣೇ ಜ್ಞಾನಮುದ್ರಾಯ ಕೃಷ್ಣಾಯ ಗೀತಾಮೃತದುಹೇ ನಮಃ ಎಡಿಟೇಷನ್ಸ್ ಟು ಕೃಷ್ಣ ವಾಟ್ ಕೈಂಡ್ ಆಫ್ ಕೃಷ್ಣ ಕೃಷ್ಣ ವಿತ್ ದಿಸ್ ಜ್ಞಾನಮುದ್ರ ದಿಸ್ ಕೈಂಡ್ ಆಫ್ ಮುದ್ರ ಇಸ್ ಕಾಲ್ ಜ್ಞಾನಮುದ್ರ ದ ಬಾಡಿ ಕೈಂಡ್ ಆಫ್ ಪಾಸ್ಟ್ ವಿಚ್ ಹ್ಯಾಸ್ ಸಮ್ ಸ್ಪಿರಿಚುವಲ್ ಸೈಕೊಲಾಜಿಕಲ್ ಮೀನಿಂಗ್ ಸೊ ದಿಸ್ ಇಸ್ ಕಾಲ್ ಜ್ಞಾನಮುದ್ರ ಈ ಕೃಷ್ಣ ವಿತ್ ದಿಸ್ ಜ್ಞಾನಮುದ್ರ ಹೂ ಈಸ್ ಗೀತಾಮೃತ ದುಹೇ ದ ಮಿಲ್ಕ್ ಆಫ್ ದಿ ನೆಕ್ಟ್ ಆಫ್ ದ ಗೀತ ದಟ್ಸ್ ವಾಟ್ ಕೃಷ್ಣ ಡಿಡ್ ಪ್ರಪನ್ನ ಪಾರಿಜಾತಾಯ ಹೂ ಈಸ್ ಆಲ್ಸೋ ದಿ ವಿಶ್ ಫುಲ್ಫಿಲ್ಲಿಂಗ್ ಟ್ರೀ ಟು ದೋಸ್ ಹೂ ರಿಸಾರ್ಟ್ ಟು ಹಿಮ್ ವಿ ಹ್ಯಾವ್ ಗಾಟ್ ಅ ಕಾನ್ಸೆಪ್ಟ್ ಆಫ್ ದಿ ವಿಶ್ ಫುಲ್ಫಿಲ್ಲಿಂಗ್ ಟ್ರೀ ಪಾರಿಜಾತ ತೋತ್ರವೇ ತ್ರೇಗ ಪಾಣಯೇ ಇನ್ ಒನ್ ಹ್ಯಾಂಡ್ ಹಿ ಹ್ಯಾಸ್ ದಟ್ ಸ್ಟಿಕ್ ಟು ಡ್ರೈವ್ ದ ಕೌಸ್ ಇಸ್ ಅ ಕೌಹರ್ಡ್ ಆ್ಯಂಡ್ ಸೋ ತೋತ್ರವೇ ತೇಕ ಪಾಣಯೇ ಜ್ಞಾನ ಮುದ್ರಾಯ ಕೃಷ್ಣಾಯ ಗೀತಾಮೃತ ದುಹೇ ನಮಃ ದಿಸ್ ಈಸ್ ವೆರಿ ಬ್ಯೂಟಿಫುಲ್ ಐಡಿಯ ಜ್ಞಾನ ಮುದ್ರ ವಾಟ್ ಇಟ್ ಮೀನ್ಸ್ ಈಸ್ ಡಿಫಿಕಲ್ಟ್ ಟು ಸೇ ಬಟ್ ಒನ್ ಥಿಂಗ್ ಸೀಮ್ಸ್ ಟು ಬಿ ಕ್ಲಿಯರ್ ದಟ್ ದ ಕೆಪ್ಯಾಸಿಟಿ to oppose thumb to four finger is a human capacity no animals not even the chimpanzee can do it chimpanzee can do only like this and never like this and this is the beginning of man's technical ability the human being's ability to manipulate nature and develop science culture civilization and higher life and so this is considered to be the symbol of all jnana and they don't make a distinction between physical knowledge and spiritual knowledge knowledge is one is a continuous pursuit therefore jnana mudraya krishnaya many of the images in temples of great gods or the divine mother you will find the same jnana mudra and this is highly commented in all our spiritual literature then sarvo upanishado gavo dogdha gopala nandanah partho vatsa tuthir bhokta dugdham geeta amritam mahat now comes a very beautiful analogy all the upanishads considered as a cow krishna as the milkman arjuna as the calf and the milk drawn is the nectar of the geeta and it is meant for the good people of the world to nourish them spiritually sarvo upanishado gavo gavo is the word for cow dogdha milkman duhu to milk dogdha gopala nandanah that cowherd boy gopala nandana partho vatsa arjuna is the calf the calf drinks the milk a little then as it starts flowing coffee is tied away and milk is taken tutir bhokta the good people of the world they are the drinker of this milk and what is that milk dugdham geeta amritam mahat the great nectar of the geeta is the milk so drawn by krishna from the upanishads vasudeva sutam devam ಕಂಸ ಚಾಣೂರಮರ್ಧನ ದೇವಕೀ ಪರಮಾನಂದ ಕೃಷ್ಣಂ ವಂದೇ ಜಗದ್ಗುರು ದ ಲಾಸ್ಟ್ ವರ್ಡ್ಸ್ ಲಾಸ್ಟ್ ಲೈನ್ ಸೇ
Krishnam Vande Jagadguram. We salute, I salute Krishna, the teacher of the world, Jagadguru, not teacher of a sect, not teacher of a small number of people, but the whole world, humanity. Krishna kept humanity in view. So it's called Jagadgurum. Devaki Paramanandam, who is the blissful form of Devaki. He gave great joy to his mother, Devaki. Devaki, the joy of Devaki is Krishna. Similarly, Vasudeva Sutam, the son of father Vasudeva. Tamsa Chanura Madhanam, Vasudeva Sutam Devam, who has destroyed two evil forces, Kamsa and Chanura, during his young days. You will read it in the Srimad Bhagavatam, in the tenth book, the story of Krishna, and during his early life, what all things he did, there comes this Kamsa Chanura Madhana story. Devaki Paramanandam Krishna Vande Yagadgurum. Now comes a very, very long shloka or verse. Bhishma Dronakata Jayadrajala Kantara Nirotala Shalyagrahavati Kripena Vahani Karnena Vela Gula Ashutthama Vigarna Karna Akara Duryodhanavatini Sotirna Akalu Pandavai Ranadi Kaivartaka Keshavara. The shloka says that great battle of Kurukshetra compared to a river, Ranadi, the battle river. The Pandavas could cross that river safely. It was full of dangerous things because Krishna was the henchman. He was guiding the whole thing. Kaivartaka Keshabaha. Krishna was the Kaivartaka, the boatman. And what are the dangerous things? Bhishma Drona Tata, the two banks of the river. Bhishma Drona, mighty warriors of the Kaurava army. Jayadrata Jala, Jayadrata is the water in the river. Gandhara Nilotpala, Gandhara, the king of Gandhara, the Shaguni, he is the lotus, blue, blue lotus, blue lily in that, that river. Shalya Grahavati, Shalya is a shark, another great character in the Mahabharata. Grahavati, Kripena Bahani, the current is Kripa, and also and uh, Karna is the breakers. And Ashwatthama and Vikarna as terrible Magaras, certain what you call wild and ferocious type of fish or Magaras. Duryodhana Avartini. Duryodhana is the whirlpool in that river. Sotirna, that river of battle was crossed over by the Pandavas safely with Krishna as the man. Similarly, Parashari Vacha Saravaja Mamalam Giratha Ganthotkaram Nanakyanaka Kesaram Harikathasam Bodhana Bodhitam Loke Sajjana Shradbadai Raha Pepi Yamanam Muda Bhoyad Bharata Pankajam Kalimala Pradham Sinashreya Say This is the attribute to the Mahabharata. May the tainless lotus of the Mahabharata, growing on the waters of the words of Parashara's son, that is Vyasa, having the Gita as a strong, sweet fragrance, with many a narrative 
as its stamens. Fully opened by the discourses on Hari, the indwelling Lord in all, Hari, that is Vishnu or Krishna, and drunk joyously day after day by the Brahmara of the good and the pure in the world. The bees, Brahmara is the bees, they come and drink the honey that is there. Let this great Mahabharata be protective of the supreme good of him to him who is eager to destroy the taint of Kali, evil age in which you live, to destroy it, this will be a great blessing. Whenever there is such evil, this kind of Gita will be a tremendous blessing to all. That is the greatness of the Mahabharata which nurtured the Gita inside. Now comes a very oft-quoted verse by every saint in India. Mokam karoti vachalam, pangum lankhayate girim, yakrupa tamaham bande paramananda madhavam. I salute the blessed Paramananda Madhava, the infinitely blissful Krishna, his name is Madhava also, whose grace, he says, Tamaham Vande, whose grace, Mukam Karoti Vachalam, makes a dumb become eloquent. That's the nature of divine grace. And Pangum Lankhete Girim, a man who is absolutely lame, he is able to cross mountains. Why and how? Yakrapa, by whose grace? That Krishna, I salute. Yatkrapa tamaham bande, paramananda madhavam, all blissful madhava. Then the last verse is also extremely popular. People recite it during prayers. Yam brahma varunendra rudra marutaha, tunvanti divyaistavaihi, vedais sangapata. Kramopanishadaihi, Gayantiyam Samagaha, Dhyana Vastita, Tadkatena Manasa, Pashantiyam Yogino, Yasyantam Nabido, Surasara Gunaha, Devaya Tasmai Namaha, Tasmai Devaya Namaha, is the last portion. That, to that Deva be our salutation, that divine person. The rest are what you call further adjectives of the divine person. Salutations to that God, whom the Creator Brahma, then Varuna, Indra, Rudra, and the Maruts praise with divine hymns, whom the singers of Sama, Sama Veda, is known as a musical Veda. Singers of Sama by the Veda, with their full complement of part, they sing. The singers of Sama sing. Whom the singers of Sama sing by the Vedas with their full complement of parts, consecutive sections and Upanishads. They are all sections of the Vedas. Whom the yogis see with their minds absorbed in Him through perfection in meditation. That's a beautiful idea. The yogi, in depth of meditation, discover that infinite reality with the self of all. You are that, whose limit the hosts of Devas and Asuras do not know, who is infinite in every sense of the term. Here is a beautiful set of verses, nine verses, known as Gita, Dhyana, Shlokas. 
meditation verses on the Gita. Here is a great book that came to us through the Mahabharata. It was part of the Mahabharata, included in that immense epic. Many people could not see its beauty or strength. But one great teacher appeared in the 8th century AD. He recognized the importance of this great book, the Bhagavad Gita. So he took it out of the Mahabharata as a separate book and wrote his most beautiful commentary on it, including a very beautiful preface, meaningful preface, which we shall study in the next lectures and placed it before the people as a great book. From that time onwards, the Gita has become popular. All subsequent teachers also began to write commentaries on the Gita. This is the way that Shankara served the world through bringing out the importance and significance of this great book of practical Vedanta. But in spite of all this, it was not fully known to people because it was in Sanskrit. It was there all the time in various monasteries or college places, etc. Swami Vivekananda pays a high tribute to Shankara for this great work. He says it is one of the greatest works that this great man did in his great life to place the Gita before the people and write that famous commentary upon it. That is the story of the Gita. It was quite popular all over India, but only among certain, certain sections of people. In the modern period, the Gita got a wider audience. When it became translated into the English language by Sir Charles Wilkins of the East India Company in the 18th century, he was a science scholar. So he translated the Gita. That was the first translation. And Warren Hastings was the first British Governor General in India. He wrote an introduction to that translation by Sir Charles Wilkins. In that introduction, this British Governor General has made a beautiful remark along with other things. He said, long after the British Empire has ceased to exist and the sources of his wealth and power are lost to remembrance, writing such as the Gita will continue to inspire generations of men and women. What a prophetic utterance it is. Today, British Empire is no more, but the Empire of the Gita is expanding, expanding everywhere. The next great writer who made the Gita popular in the West through English was Sir Edwin Arnold, and the title of his book is Marvelous, The Song Celestial. That is the exact meaning of the word Bhagavad Gita. Gita means song, good to sing. And whose song? Bhagavad song, divine song. And so the song Celestial was a great book, mostly in poetic language. It has been expressed. Sir Edwin Arnold was in India. He understood Sanskrit. And so he published that book. And that book has undergone a few hundred, nearly hundred editions, you can say. Sir Song Celestial. He also wrote 
on Buddha, the famous book, The Light of Asia, which also inspired many scholars in the Western world. And that is how in the modern period, the Gita began to be translated, and today, in many, many languages, including Russian, Indonesian, etc., you get the Gita. It's a universal book. It was meant to be universal because it was taught by universal mind. That is Sri Krishna. Two great characters come here, Krishna, Arjuna. And for the first time you get a book which is centered in a battlefield. Conversation between Krishna and Arjuna in the midst of a battlefield full of tension all round and there a profound philosophy not of war and violence, but how to develop this human being, how to bring out the profound possibilities that are within him or her. That's the main subject of the Bhagavad Gita. And this was very much considered to be practical Vedanta. We have the Upanishad containing profound truths. They are truths, not opinions not dogmas, truths which were discovered by sages and which you also can discover. That's why they are called truths. Anybody can discover. Therefore, such profound truths are there in the Upanishads. First and the most important truth is that each one of us has a divine spark within us. We are essentially divine. That is the central truth of the Upanishad penetrating this human system from the skin inward, in the depth dimension, they discovered the spark of the divine, the light of God. Everyone is essentially divine. Based upon this central truth, if everyone is divine, how shall we live in this world? How shall we work in this world? How can I establish relations with other people? All these questions come. The Upanishads had no time to deal with these practical implications of their great truth. Then comes Sri Krishna, a little later age. He brings out these practical implications. That is what you call the Bhagavad Gita. Vivekananda called it the best commentary on the Upanishad. In every chapter towards the end, you will find a colophon describing the chapter. Iti Srimad Bhagavad Gita Su Upanishad Su Te Brahma Vidyayam Yoga Shastri Sri Krishna Arjuna Samvade. This is a Brahma, what you call Vidya, knowledge of ultimate reality and its practical implication, Yoga Shastra, science of yoga, the practical implication of that Brahma Vidya. Coming through a conversation between Krishna and Arjuna, that's the nature of this great book, Bhagavad Gita, says chapter after chapter, practical Vedanta. Now, in the second chapter, Krishna expounds that practical Vedanta, which is universal in scope. Normally, religion is something otherworldly to many people, or men for ascetics living in the forest, and the worldly man is worldly, he may have some piety and nothing more. But how to make an average human being working in the world, 
dealing with various aspects of life, how can he or she become spiritual? That is why the originality of the Gita consists in appealing to those people, and they are the millions in the world, working people as we call it. They may be in any department of life, but they are all working people. The special beauty of the Gita is that its message is addressed to these millions and millions of working people of all countries, of all types of people. How in the midst of work they can develop their spiritual possibilities. Within this life, living in the body, this is repeated again and again. You will hear later on when you go through the verses, heavens and hells are all thrown up. They have no meaning. They create hell here. They create heaven here. How to create a heaven in society? There is one method. Try to manifest that divine within. You have the capacity to do so. Our science today, neurology tells us, the human being has been endowed by nature. Why? By an organic system by which he or she can understand the world, understand himself or herself. This capacity comes to us through our wonderful brain. If we utilize it properly, we can make for a heaven in our society by manifesting the divine within and all our actions suffused with that vision, with that wonderful inspiration. So you find for the first time a book coming in the name of religion where the center of interest is work. Work is the center of interest of the Gita and the working person is the center of interest. As if Krishna goes to a worker working on the roads, working in the household, working in the office, gently whispering to them, here, I'll give you a message that with this you will be able to work better, efficiently, and by that you will also grow spiritually within you. This is a remarkable message that has come to humanity for the first time through the Gita. Generally, religious books are centered man at worship, man at meditation, man in samadhi, all the, or doing some ritual or ceremony. That's what we see. But in this book, we are dealing with the human being at work. That during that work, and as a worker, he or she can work better, more efficiently, and also achieve his own or her own spiritual growth. This combination is what is called by a short name in the second chapter, Yoga. This is Yoga as expounded in the Gita. This is not like any other Yoga. We have got many other types of Yoga. But the Yoga expounded in the Gita is that by which you work and by your work you enrich society, by your work you also grow spiritually. That's why a beautiful definition is given later on. Yoga, Karmasu, Kaushalam. Yoga is efficiency in action. A double efficiency, productive and spiritual. <coughs> and so, we have in this book a philosophy of practical Vedanta. 
it was with us for centuries, centuries together. But we didn't utilize it properly. The way India utilized the Gita is something very unfortunate. We worshipped it. We honored it. We committed it to memory. But we never tried to live it, practice it. It is meant for practice. We did not do it. We just read in the Gita Dhyana Shloka, Gita is the milk drawn by Krishna from the cow of the Upanishads. That milk is meant to be drunk. But we did everything with milk except drink it. We worshipped it, put it on the head, honoured it, everything. But we didn't drink it. Therefore, that spiritual nourishment and that broad human attitudes we could not develop all the time. We had narrowness, caste, community exclusiveness, and many other evils that appeared in society. Therefore, our reverence, reverence to the Gita till now lacked the most essential thing, how to live this teaching, create a society where all are free, all are equal, human dignity established there. All that will come in the course of the teaching here. And so, today we need to understand the Gita is meant to be lived, to be practiced, not merely a pious book to read for mental consolation. All over India, I have found this wrong understanding among our people regarding the Gita. And I came to know it a little more intensely when I visited this city, Hyderabad. In 1949, I was on a tour of Andhra Pradesh after finishing a long tour of the Assam and Eastern region. After several days of lectures in the university, etc., in this city, friends told me, why not pay a visit to General Chaudhuri, the military governor of Hyderabad at that time, pointed just after the police action. That was 1949. October. So I said, yes, I shall go and meet him. So we went to meet General Chaudhary. He sat across, across the other table and he did all the talking for the first half an hour. I was listening. I saw a copy of the Gita on his table. That gave me an opportunity to start the talking. General Chaudhary, do you read the Gita? He said, with a, a sense of tiredness. Oh yes, I read it when I feel the need for a little peace of mind, a little consolation, a little relaxation. I said, that is not the purpose of that book. And I said it with a little firmness. He looked up. Do you mean to say this book has a message to me as a worker, as the governor of the state? Do you mean to say that? I thought it is only meant just to get a little peace of mind. He said, no, this is the book meant for you as a worker, as a responsible worker of society. For peace, you get plenty of other books. This is not for that kind of peace. He was puzzled. Again, he put this question, can I get guidance from this book? I said, let us take the fourth chapter. After expounding his philosophy, in the second and third chapters, and calling it 
yoga. Yoga is the word that is used for that philosophy. And in fourth chapter you find the great idea coming that this great yoga, Krishna says, I taught two great kings, emperors, those who have to deal with various problems of human society. Why? To give them strength, to bring about happiness and welfare in people. So men and women of responsibility, they need to be given a philosophy by which they will discharge the responsibility and while discharging it, not only make people happy, but they also become spiritually richer, richer, richer. This is the language used in the first two verses of the fourth chapter. When I told him, he was very much impressed. Shankaracharya comments there, Durbalan Ajitendriyan Prabhya Yogo Nashtap Parantapa Arjuna. This yoga was very active in society. People with responsibility lived according to yoga. They did wonderful good to the people. But in course of time, due to weakness, physical and mental, yoga became diluted and lost in society. That's yoga now I am communicating to you, Arjuna. That is the language in the fourth chapter. When I said this, he was immensely happy. He said, I never thought like this. Then I asked him, have you read Vivekananda's book? He said, I have read small book sayings of Vivekananda. He said, that won't do. I shall send you a book when I go to Delhi tomorrow. Lectures from Colombo to Almora, which has created the conscience of modern India. Read it. If you promised you will read, I will send you an autograph copy. I don't want to waste a book unless you read. I don't like to send. No, I shall read, he said. Then he took me to the car with all love and regard. We became close to each other. I went to Delhi and from there sent the book with a letter and he acknowledged it saying, I have benefited by this. Later on, he was ambassador, a commissioner in Canada. He took my permission to translate my lecture on the spirit of India, essence of Indian culture into French for distribution in the French area of Canada. That is the story of General Chaudhary, lonely illustration. All over India, people high and low always thought, whenever you are tired, when you are depressed, take the book and read a pious book. That is not. Today, what is be understood therefore by our people? is here is milk to be drunk, to be digested, to be assimilated, so that you become physically, mentally, spiritually strong, and that strength is to establish a heaven around you by interhuman relationship being based on our spiritual oneness. That is the great work that we can do in this modern period. I'm glad there is a lot of interest in the study of the Gita. And I hope that interest will be transformed in this way, creating a new, healthy human society, first in India as well as in the rest of the world as well. Shankaracharya's preface to this great book or introduction to this great book is marvelous. I shall be expounding it later in the course of the next several weeks every Sunday. So the next few weeks for a year or two, we shall be living with the Gita every Sunday in this hall, Vivekananda Hall of the Ramakrishna Mat 
Hyderabad. So many of you have come, hundreds of you, young and old, coming from all sections of society. I'm very happy that you need this wonderful strength coming from practical Vedanta's message. You will get it through the book in the course of this Sunday. I'm very happy to be with all of you. This is the first day, the beginning, and we shall be together for weeks and weeks together. We shall take up the subject of Shankara's preface to the Gita next week when we meet here. Today we end here. We will have a few minutes silence and quiet and then we shall disperse. Vasudeva Sutam Devam Kamsachanu Ramardhanam Devaki Paramanandam Krishnam Vande Yagatgurum Salutations to Krishna, the teacher of humanity, who is the son of Vasudeva and the blessed love, beloved of Devaki, destroyer of evil.